Good morning. If there was a contest, this side wins. They have way more people than this side. So everybody that's standing up in the back, you need to sit on this side so we can even it all out. Let's stand up and sing together, please, this morning. Oh, come, come Emmanuel. Good to see everybody this morning. I'm very glad to have everyone here with us to worship. Have everyone here with us to worship with us here at Memorial. We welcome all and um, share our worship experience with us again sometime in the future. We are singing Christmas songs because we love the Advent season. We are very, very happy about celebrating the birth of our Savior. Let's sing It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. along of course but we're going to sing a, um, a little bit of silent night last last year we did our very first christmas concert as a praise band and um we were blessed probably more than you guys ever were blessed we had a wonderful time putting that together and, and performing and performing that for you and um performing it for the lord and it was a worship experience for us this year we're going to have um, a concert again it's on the 19th and the 20th, two nights this year, and um, we've, we've picked some songs and we've left off some songs, and this is one of the songs that we will not be performing in the concert, um, but we wanted to share it with you this morning. Let's sing Silent Night together.
It's good to see everybody. Glad you're here. If you need to get something else to eat or drink, we invite you to do so. We invite the children to come forward to join us here for a few moments of sharing, and we invite you to greet each other. Good morning. Can everybody see what I have? What is this? A tree. It's kind of a funny looking tree, but it's a tree. Does anybody have a tree in their house right now? I've got a tree in my house. Do you have a tree in your house, Lauren? A Christmas tree. Justin, do you have a Christmas tree? I have a Christmas tree. You do? And did you put lights on it? And did you put ornaments on it? And you're going to get one? That is fabulous. I love Christmas trees. Christmas trees are sometimes my favorite thing about Christmas. And, but this morning, I want to talk about a different kind of tree. Did you know that you have a tree all year long in your house? In your house? Isn't that weird? It's called your family tree. Your family tree is part of who you are. You've got lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people in your family. You guys have you guys have lots and lots of people in your family here today, don't you? Your family right there. That's a lot of people, isn't it? That's a lot of people. Lots of people are part of our families. And you know what? Sometimes sometimes when we get together at Christmas or at Thanksgiving or any other holiday, we see lots of people in our family. And you know what? Sometimes we don't know who those people are. Have you ever been to something and not know who somebody is? And your mom says, well, that's okay. That's your Uncle Joe or that's your Aunt Edna or don't worry. That's your Cousin Bill. That's happened to me. And that happened to me a lot when I was growing up. And you know what? I was a little nervous about meeting all those people that I didn't even know. That is your cousin. You know that cousin too, don't you? Yeah. So sometimes it's, it's okay. It's okay to be a little nervous. It's okay to be a little nervous when you're meeting new people. But we need to know that those people are part of our family and they love us so much. Your family loves you. You know what else? There's an even bigger family than that. There's an even bigger family than this whole family sitting right here. Everybody out there sitting out there is part of your family. That's a little weird, isn't it? Everybody out there. You know why? We're all a part of God's family. And everybody here, all the Christians and all the people in the world, we're all part of a family together. We're part of God's family. And we need to love each other. Right. Our friends are our family. That is great. We're all a part of God's family. We're all a part of God's family. This morning, Arthur's going to talk about family treats, and he's going to talk about how Jesus is a part of a big family. And we're all a part of that family together. So let's say a prayer. Close your eyes for me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for all the people that are here in our family. Help us to love them, and then they are going to love us back in return. And it's not to be afraid of our family, but to love them unconditionally and welcome them with open arms. In your name I pray. Amen.
That's good. <clears throat> El Destructo up here. I tell you, it was so cold this morning, I had to look down three times to make sure I'd remember to put on my pants. It's um, good to see you all this morning <laughs> as we come for this time of worship. Glad that you're here. Um, I've had some interesting things happen here lately. You know, the new city hall down here has a uh, has chimes now, just like our steeple has chimes. It gets confusing around here. Uh, we get, you know, dueling carillons some days. Somebody called the other day and said, did I just hear your church play bring back those lazy, hazy, crazy days of, of summer? I said, I, I don't think so. And the other day I heard, I saw mama kissing Santa Claus. That wasn't us either. I mean, I don't think Lynn is trying to go out with a bang or anything like that. I, uh, I think we have some competition down the street. So uh, if you hear hymns, most likely it's our steeple. If you hear other interesting songs, it's probably not us. Uh, let's see. Need to, need to give you an opportunity to share prayer concerns this morning. You'll have a lot of time to write today because of some things coming before. But if you would like to share a prayer concern, if you lift your hands, our ushers will see that you get some index cards ask you to write something that you don't mind me repeating so that I can share your concern uh, with all of us that we might join you in prayer. Let me bring you up to date on a couple of people. Um, Odell Few is back in the hospital. She's one of our 90 plus church members, 90 year olds. Uh, she's got pneumonia, uh, but doing pretty well. Uh, Catherine uh, Dobson, Catherine Dobson, Mrs. Broadus Dobson, fell on Friday night and broke her hip. So she is at Greenville Memorial and is probably going to have surgery this morning. Um, there was a long waiting list for the emergency, I mean for the uh, operating room yesterday. They couldn't work her in. So, um, so we ask you to remember these folks. Also, uh, it's great that one of our 9 o'clock worshipers, uh, Mark Long, uh, is doing so well. If you have been following the situation, you know that Mark um, received a new liver and kidney about three weeks ago. Uh, he has left the hospital. He is in a hospital-owned uh, apartment there in Charlotte, so he's still close to the hospital, but no longer in the hospital. So that is a, that is a, great, uh, a great statement of his progress that he is making, and he'll soon be back with us, we trust, and I am surely looking forward to that. He'll, uh, uh, now he has no excuse when I ask him to preach for me one day. He'll, he'll, he'll uh, have the energy and the, and the strength, so we look forward to that. We do hope that you'll be here for the one of the two nights of the um, uh, Christmas concert that the praise band is giving. It is the same concert repeated, so you don't have to come both nights unless you just want to. Uh, we will have some CDs this year that we are recording and will be uh, on sale. I believe the very high cost is $4, um, but it's just something we wanted to, to do as a, as a gift to you all, so you're helping us defray the cost. Um, so we hope you'll be here. That's the 19th or 20th of December at 7 o'clock uh, on either evening. And I'll give you this other little tease to get you here. Chris Harris has a vocal solo 
Now, I didn't say he would sing, but it's... <laughs> Don't stay away on because of that. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> we're having fun with that. It is a, a wonderful, great, grateful thing always, uh, uh, an enjoyable thing when we um, have a time of baptism. And today we are baptizing uh, Cole Newton, and we invite his family and extended family and whoever else wants to come to stand here uh, with us as we, um, as we share in this sacrament of baptism. This is Cole Newton, child of Mandy and Ronnie Newton. And siblings are here also, I see, an extended family. We're glad to have you all here. Um, baptism is a wonderful, wonderful symbol in the Christian faith, and especially for those of us that practice infant baptism. It is a way we remember that God has claimed us. It's wonderful to have baptism remind us that we are claiming God, but it's even more important and more impressive to remember that Baptism is when God says, that's mine. I put my mark on him, and I give my name, Christian, to that child. So it's a very, very wonderful moment. Baptism is an outward and visible sign of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, through which grace we become partakers of his righteousness and heirs of life eternal. Those receiving the sacrament are thereby as Christian disciples and initiated into the fellowship of Christ's holy church. Our Lord has expressly given to little children a place among the people of God, which holy privilege must not be denied them. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he said, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Do you, in presenting this child for holy baptism, confess your faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? If so, will you say, We do. Do you therefore accept as your bounden duty and privilege to live before this child a life that becomes the gospel, to exercise all godly care, that he be brought up in the Christian faith, that he be taught the holy scriptures, and that he learn to give reverent attendance upon the private and public worship of God? If so, will you say we do? Will you endeavor to keep this child under the ministry and guidance of the church until he, by the power of God, shall accept for himself the gift of salvation? and be confirmed as a full and responsible member of Christ's holy church? If so, will you say, we will? Here we go. What name are you giving this child? Preston Cole, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this child who's a gift to this family and also a gift of your love to us and to this community of faith. We pray your blessings upon him that as he grows in years, he might also grow in his understanding of your deep love for him as already expressed in Jesus Christ our Lord, who now claims him as a follower. In Christ's name we pray. If you're ready, we'll get you to pass your, uh, or have our ushers collect your um, prayer cards. Are we leaving any announcements out, Lee or Andy? Birthday, oh! Children's birthday party for Jesus is this evening at 5. 
and we invite the children to be here for that in the social hall. Any others? We get them all? Let us join our hearts together in prayer. We give you thanks for this day, O oh God. We thank you for claiming us all as your own. We thank you that when we couldn't find our way to you, you came to show us the way and to be the way. And you made sure that we found our way home to God by doing everything yourself, by giving your very life for us that we might be found. And we celebrate that every day of our lives, but especially here at this season when we remember that Jesus came for us. For we all were lost and we are now found and we are grateful. Here are our special prayers for this day. We pray for a young mother facing serious heart surgery. We pray that Doug Nason have successful eye surgery. We pray for all students and their exams. We pray for Pat, Patty Howell and her family. We pray for Tim Guest, Zach and Alex Guest's dad, who is having total hip replacement tomorrow, December the 8th. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We give you thanks for Paul's continuing healing. We pray for healing for Joyce Childers and her son, Zach. We pray for healing for Dan Forich, who has been hospitalized with heart problems. These are our prayers, along with many others that we have shared from our hearts today especially the names of those we called earlier who are still recovering from accidents and illnesses. We pray your continued blessings upon them and your healing touch as we pray the prayer our Lord taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We are one week closer to the celebration of the birth of Jesus, and we have another candle to light to mark that. And uh, I believe uh, Chris and Judy Harris are coming to light that at this time. And you have a variety of weapons to choose from. I was just thinking that December 7th in 1941 was the second week of Advent. And that's the week of peace. The prophets promised that the coming of the Messiah would bring his presence and the peace of God. From Isaiah 9-6, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. A 12th century Latin hymn implores, O come, desire of nations, 
Bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrels cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. Amen. Oh, I didn't pick up the zapper. Scripture, the message today is entitled uh, Jesus' Genealogy. I bet you've never heard a sermon about that before. Uh, it was very challenging to find anything, but I, I like chasing these hard-to-find uh, obscure rabbits. Uh, just a little bit of Scripture. Um, most of it left out. We'll get to it later. Matthew 1 records a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile in Babylon, uh, to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Christ. And then Luke 3. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, the son of Heli, and then a whole lot more names following, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Abraham, and the son of God. Lessons from Jesus' genealogy. The easiest way to find out anything about your family background is to run for public office. Somebody will do it for you. <clears throat> but uh, barring that, I think all of us have a... a a curiosity of some time, a kind about where, where we've come from. Some may say it's a morbid curiosity. But uh, we want to know something about those people that um, I wish I knew more. I wish I knew more about my great-granddaddy Holt, who had uh, two families. And my granddaddy was a part of that second family. And my grand, great-granddaddy and his young bride both died in the same year, leaving three children orphaned. And one of them was my 12-year-old grandfather, Thomas Earl Holt. I wish I knew more about that. That had to have a lasting influence on my family. And I wonder what ways that had an impact upon who I am, that my granddaddy's father died when he was 12. You wonder about these things, and we can be thankful for those uh, in our background. I'm especially thankful that somewhere back there, Somebody made a decision to follow Jesus and to raise his family and her family in the, the footsteps of Jesus. And uh, it's made a lot of difference in all of our families. There's a family tree if you want to get a copy sometime and start plugging the names in. Uh, the only problem with us here in the south is that most of our family trees kind of look like this. It's a single vine with no branches says, you know you're a good old boy when your family tree has only one branch. That's, that's right. And on my mother's side, uh, five generations back, uh, my great-great-granddaddy married his first cousin. So there it is, folks, straight up. If you've been wondering about me, <laughs> there it is. And, um, yeah, it's, that's something. I was doing some research, you know, and plugging in names into one of these computer programs, and it discovered that I was my own fifth cousin. It's pretty amazing when it happened. 
Here's something else maybe some of you all in the South can relate to. Here's another, uh, marry me sis, that's from Virginia. <clears throat> you have to wonder why in the world the Bible, written in a day when paper was at a premium and ink at a premium, you know, once they started writing with pen and ink and on scrolls, why these two authors, Matthew and Luke, would uh, take pages of, of, of material and time and research to catalog Jesus' ancestry? Well, part of the reason is they were as curious about that as you and I are. And family meant as much to them as it does to us. And knowing where you came from meant as much to them. It wasn't so much a pride thing of we're in and you're out. It was more like, these people in our past are important. I was uh, in seminary when uh, one of the professors there showed us a movie, and then he made us look at the end, all the scrolling credits that came along, and we thought, ah, oh, you know, turn the thing off. We've seen the movie. And he kept saying, no, look, no, look. And he stopped the videotape on just about the last second of the film and pointed to a name and said, that's my grandson. Those names up there, the producers of the films, they're important enough to be included in all the movies and things that you see on television. They go fast, but they're included because everybody is important and things wouldn't happen without them. And I think that's probably why Matthew and Luke decided to include these family names, even though uh, we don't know lots of them. But it was to say the heritage into which Jesus was born didn't just happen. God spent thousands of years forming the people that gave birth and gave life to the Savior of the world. And every name along here is important to God and to us. And we need to be conscious of that. Now, we all have a multiple of family lines that we can go back to. Uh, I am a descendant of a man who had a house in Spartanburg across from Bethel Church where now sits the Spartanburg Post Office. His name was Major Augustus Hilliard Kirby. And he was a merchant marine, I believe, a major in that uh, branch. But a uh, successful businessman in Spartanburg back a hundred and something years ago. So I'm a Kirby as well as a Holt. Uh, my granddaddy Cannon, uh, I could be a Cannon. My great-great-grandfather was last named Earl. And then there was another uh, ancestor of mine, Rufus Chapman. Or how about this one? I could have taken this name, I guess, William Brocklebank. That would have been a good name. Uh, so, you know, we have a multiple uh, line, and, and that's one reason why when you look at Matthew and Luke, the names don't agree. Uh, for some reason, Matthew chose to tell us about one of the family trees, and for some reason Luke decided to tell us another. And it's not that one is right and one's wrong, it's that they both are right, and that they, these authors chose those routes, those trees, for a purpose. Matthew has a very long list, as you see there, and, um, and here's Luke's list. Jesus' family tree went straight up in a few points, too. There's some overlaps when you compare Matthew and Luke. These names overlap. Well, you'd expect the last, uh, the top ones, Mary and Joseph, to match. But Zerubbabel is an interesting name. 
Zerubbabel was a contemporary of uh, Nehemiah and Ezra who came back from Babylon to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple after the destruction of the temple. They came back in the, in, in the uh, I think the 400s or, or in that time period to rebuild the city and Zerubbabel was largely expected to become king. Some even went so far to call him God's anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah. Well, they were wrong about that, but it's a name worth noting. And if you read Ezra and Nehemiah, you'll come across that name. Um, David, you're certainly familiar with, and his dad, Jesse, Obed, and Boaz. Um, then a whole line crosses in the family tree of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, Perez, and those other names there. Um, these are names that are in common between the two uh, heritages of Jesus. Matthew traces, traces Jesus' lineage forward, beginning at Abraham, to Jesus. Why was that important? Because Abraham was the recipient of the first covenant with God. God said, I want you to leave your people and I'll give you this land and you all will be my people. Your, your descendants will be numerous as the stars in the sky or as the sand on the, on the coastline, the beaches. And so Abraham was the one that everybody looked back to as the founder of the whole Hebrew race and tradition. And so for Matthew, it was very important to say to the community of faith, Jesus is one of us. He is a true Hebrew in every sense of the word. He also is a descendant of Abraham, um, a partaker in the first covenant, and one who we can look to now to lead us into this new covenant. Luke traces Jesus' lineage backwards, starting at Jesus and going back down the line all the way to Adam and God. Luke had another goal in mind to say that Jesus was connected to all people in the human race and to Almighty God who made all of us. And so Jesus is not just the Savior of the Hebrew people, he's the Savior of the world. And that's Luke's message from all the way start to finish. Matthew traces Jesus' lineage through the line of all the kings of Judah as if to say to the Hebrew community, pay attention to this fact, Jesus has a claim on our throne, and because of that, we can claim him to be our Messiah, who has given his life for us. His kingdom will never end. That wasn't as important for Luke, who was reaching out to a Gentile audience, and he traced Jesus' lineage through a whole bunch of unknown people, as if to say, Jesus came from just ordinary, common people like us, and there's a message there. God loves all of us, ordinary people. Matthew's message from beginning to end is that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah of expectation. We've been waiting for this one while Luke in his message that we see in his genealogy is Jesus is the Savior of all people everywhere. There are some other meanings that can be found as we look at the genealogy. This is fascinating to me. There are some uh, skeletons in Jesus' closet big time. Ever heard of a lady named Bathsheba? Um, yeah, that's kind of, it's interesting that the Bible, in building stories of our heroes of faith, 
doesn't leave their humanity out. You know, David and Bathsheba uh, are the soap of are the stuff of soap operas, um, and um, and in spite of that fact, in spite of the fact that their relationship was wrong, Jesus is the one who came from that union. Not only that, there was a lady, a Moabite woman, whose name was uh, Ruth who brought some uh, foreign wives with her back to the land of Israel. Not former, her wives, former daughter-in-laws. Let me be clear about that. Her former daughter-in-laws, and, uh, and one of them married Boaz. And um, uh, am I getting, I get my Ruths and my Naomi's mixed up. Which one? Anyway, uh, um, if it hadn't been for that outside union, there would not have been a David. And so in spite of the prohibition to keep the faith pure by only marrying other Hebrews, here we got King David coming because of a marriage outside the family. The message there is that God has always been one who had a I can deal with that attitude. And I think that's a great lesson. God put Adam and Eve in a garden and said don't eat that tree. And they did and they sinned and they fell from God's grace. And God didn't say, let me start over. He said, I can deal with that. I can fix that. And then throughout history, when, when humans strayed away from God, God didn't just wipe people out. He said, I can deal with that. I can do something with that. Now, there's a message for you in that. When you mess up, don't give up on yourself. Because God looks at you and says, I can deal with that. Give me that mistake. I can do something with it. I can do something with that. What a wonderful God we have. And then last, Jesus is a descendant of all those faithful people who held the faith together through the rough times of exile in Babylon and others, who returned to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple, who have remained faithful to God all during the times of history. The most, uh, this time of year, we all, all of us ought to celebrate um, uh, Hanukkah um, because it's the most American holiday of the ancient world. We believe in freedom of religion and the, the Greek leaders came in and said, y'all can't worship God anymore. And to show you what we're going to do, we're going to take all your symbols that out and we're going to sacrifice a pig on the altar and Zeus is now your God. And those people said, uh-uh, we worship God the way we want to. And they resisted that occupation of the Greeks and started the guerrilla war. And when they won their freedom, they won religious freedom. And they went in and they cleansed their temple. And they lit candles and they celebrate every year this wonderful celebration that we worship God the way God says he wants to be worshipped, the way we feel we ought to do it. That's an American holiday. We ought to all celebrate that with our Jewish neighbors. But, but Jesus is one who has, is a descendant of these very, very faithful people. Sometimes when you want to think about an amazing thing, think about a group of people who have maintained the faith over almost 5,000 years of hardship. The road for our Jewish neighbors has never been easy, but they have maintained their faith in God. Jesus came from that heritage, and he brought us outsiders into that heritage 
of people who remain faithful to God and who know that God remains faithful to them. So there are some things to be found in the message and the uh, genealogy. And I hope next time you read all those uh, names, you'll realize that there was a reason Matthew and Luke put those names in there. And that was that we might learn a lesson about, uh, about God's grace and God's goodness. Let us uh, worship God by giving. earth is home while men seek fame and great renown in lowliness our king comes down jesus jesus precious one how we thank you that you come jesus jesus precious you to stand as we join together in affirming our faith in God using the words of the Apostles Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. go forth in peace, appreciating your own heritage because you are who you are now because of those before you, and remembering that God prepared the way through the family of Jesus for his coming to be our Savior. Great week.